The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. The Girl Scout fight. I still go back to That's that. That's a classic. Yeah. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and official government business. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Bill Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, we take a look at the recent tech headlines now that we're back after a uh, little spring break. And I have a hopefully helpful hint about organizing the photos on your smartphone. But first, some news. news. Or perhaps a Kaiser moment. Do you have a Kaiser nah, moment? No Kaiser moment. I saw Captain Marvel, but I think we talked about that. It's yeah. been a while since we've done an episode. Did you pre-order Avengers Endgame tickets? I heard they no, melted the no. ticket sites again. No. Oh, did they? They. They. they I think there was there was a bit of a jam when they went on online and on uh, sale, and no. everyone rushed. No, I have not. Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm probably going to wait a little while. I'm at, at, for these really, really super big event pieces. I'm third weekend is fine. Like I'd rather have an enjoyable environmental experience in the theater and have people not be completely frothing. Yeah, because you know what? I noticed that with a lot of those movies, it becomes an interactive experience the yeah. first weekend. Yeah. You know, people come dressed up and all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I just want to sit and watch, eat my hot dog. and I just want to watch the picture, you know? Well, plus That's you, it. New York, you're going to get interactive in some form. Yeah, always. Anyway. Always, always. Um, I'm going to watch Shazam! Shazam! This week. Which it got really great reviews. It like, did. I'm Stephanie kind of like. I, in time, loved it. I so. kind of feel bad now because I yeah. was. Dip, diss in the movie from like even before seeing it but you know what I still hold hey the suit takes me out of it he's got yeah. the fake balloon muscles come yeah. on so you have to see if his personality rises above the... I do I do right, well, we'll, I like it I liked him in Chuck so yeah. I mean alright you know I'll give him a pass alright so we'll get your review on that uh, yes, perhaps yes, on the next you show yes you will all right. Well, we have we have some some news here news. Uh, and uh, governmental, as we mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange was arrested in the United Kingdom on April 11th. But again, how united is it? That's true. Really? Yes, the barely United Kingdom uh, <laughs> uh, with their Halloween deadline now. Yes. Um, but Assange was arrested in connection with a federal charge of conspiracy to commit computer intrusion. Uh, because he agreed to break the password of a classified U.S. government computer with uh, Chelsea Manning, who uh, pre-transition had been Bradley Manning, an Army right. private, but we respect the transition. So Chelsea She's Manning. She's still doing time, right? Yes. Uh, I and, thought and, she was out for a while. and then Yeah, the, well, and then there was the appeal. I, it's it's all kind of yeah, it's tied kind of up, crazy. But, yeah. but he's been the missing link because he's been holed up in the uh, Ecuador embassy in London since, I believe, 2012. Yeah, it's been a while. Hasn't been able to uh, go out. Um, but he was seen on TV. I was watching the BBC uh, when it happened. Uh, was being uh, seen escorted out by several law enforcement officials and loaded into a police van, and then and then off you go. And uh, I guess he finally snapped the patience of his hosts. Lennon Moreno, the president of Ecuador, said that Assange particularly violated the norm of not intervening in the internal affairs of other states and then pointed to, I guess, uh, they had leaked some Vatican documents uh, as evidence of this interference. Wow. He, if he would have been there and just been yeah. a very benign, respectful visitor and and respected his hosts at the embassy, I think he would have perhaps lasted a little longer. But Ecuador was like, no, you keep doing this stuff. Why didn't they just change the Wi-Fi password? That's you know. Well, I guess you know, since he's a hacker, he probably oh, figured true. it out. That's true. But uh, he um, has been wanted uh, for a while by the United States, according to freshly unsealed court documents. 
Uh, the charge there relates to Assange's alleged role in one of the largest compromises of classified information in the history of the United States, uh, in which he conspired with uh, Chelsea Manning there uh, to crack the password stored on a U.S. Department of Defense computer connected to the Secret Internet Protocol Network, uh, which is a U.S. government network f- uh, for use of classified documents and communications. And as you recall, there was that huge dump of all of yes. the uh, government programs Correct. and documents and videos and things that uh, was uh, – Shall we say a tad embarrassing uh, for for the government when yeah. that happened? This wasn't the NSA dump, right? I get confused. There was Snowden. There was a Snowden stuff. Yeah, that's and right. I remember Snowden it was all stuff. related. It's but, all, yeah, there's a connection there. Somewhere. But the the yeah, the, but this was stuff that the U.S. government clearly did not want out in the mainstream. But the big thing here, though, well, not the big thing, but one of the big things here is that now isn't he wasn't he holed up in the Ecuadorian consulate because of extradition charges against a rape allegation? Yeah, well, Sweden had been trying to get him right. because of, I think, two rape charges uh, there. Right. And then because he had been there for so long, I think Sweden dropped their case at the time. I don't know if they can reopen it and try to get him back for that. Mm. The U.S. had wanted him uh, to extradite him for uh, the, the computer crimes here. Right. And I believe the uh, almost United Kingdom had wanted him because he had – Broken the protocol for his bail, or had done something that violated the terms of his bail. Gotcha, so, gotcha. so he's not exactly well. He's Mr. Popular in that bad way uh, with yeah, all these companies. Right, exactly. I expect uh, because the, the Department of Justice issued a huge press release, and they were talking about this that that he'll be meeting with them uh, very shortly if he has not already. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so, so we'll we'll stay tuned and we'll watch and wait. Stay tuned. More to come. But uh, governments around the world are uh, starting to pay uh, even more attention to online hate speech and harassment. Good for uh, them. We're sticking with our government theme, um, but they're taking their own approaches uh, as they uh, think about how tech companies should police their own platforms. In the quasi-United Kingdom, for example, the Department for Digital Culture, Media, and Sports, uh, known by its hip name, DCMS. Wait, whoa, hold on a second. Digital Media? Uh, Digital Culture, Media, and Sport, because they use it singular there. Um, Sport, right, and sport. Yes. uh, Okay. It's it's this this department. uh, They have proposed an independent watchdog agency that will write a code of practice for tech companies to to hew to uh, when policing their platforms. This comes out of a government document called the Online Harms White Paper, uh, which was put together by DCMS and the uh, UK Home Office, which is like their Department of State. You're loving every second of this because this is so British. I know. This it's, is it's so, so British. British. The British. Online Harms White yes, Paper. Yes, come on. This which is could also be the name British. of a punk band in Soho. It is true. Yeah, so, so this uh, – they had this whole paper that, that, that was generated by this committee and online harms here are defined as those, uh, you know, clearly against the law – your hate crimes, harassment, sale of illegal goods, spreading terrorist propaganda, child sex abuse, and revenge pornography are all pretty delineated in uh, the legal code there. Yeah. Fuzzier bad behavior like cyberbullying, trolling, and the spread of fake news and disinformation mm-hmm. could also fall under uh, this code here, uh, which has made some free speech people a little nervous. Okay, so there is sort of a gray area. Yeah, there sometimes. is a gray area. So, you know, like, uh, can I call somebody a dipstick on Twitter? I think you can as long as it's not a, a malicious threat to choke them with a dipstick or okay. something. Okay. I mean, and, and again, yeah, asshat? Possibly. Passive. And again, this is in the UK, so True. they're classier. They're, yeah, their, their standards may be uh, slightly higher? different. <laughs> yes, higher. Um, but but again, this code has not actually been written yet. Right, They've written this right. paper to say we need to write this code and have an online agency police all of these tech platforms because they've, they've 
been very concerned with depressed right. kids committing suicide yes. because yes. of online bullying. All joking aside. And, yes, and there is a, a lot of stuff uh, going on here. Um, so they're going to have 12 weeks of public consultation on the plans um, so that that uh, people can uh, get more familiar with it. Um, the British government has some opinions of its own. Uh, according to Culture Secretary Jeremy Wright, the era of self-regulation for online companies is over. So he, he's kind of you know basically saying you guys had a chance, you couldn't do it, government's going to have to step yeah, in. That's right. He went on to say voluntary actions from industry to tackle online harms have not been applied consistently or gone far enough, end quote. Again, there is the free speech worry that a regulatory body could uh, stifle uh, legitimate free speech. Let's be honest. They probably will. Yeah. And in theory, once the code of conduct has been uh, composed, senior managers and executives for those tech companies could be liable for breaches. Um, and they could also be subject to special taxes as a new way to fund this regulatory agency. Because we've got to pay all these people enforcing the code of context. Hit them in the tax wallet. Tech right? yeah. Hit them in the wallet. Smart. So, yeah. And we'll combine with what the EU is doing to sort of crack down and find people and the data privacy things they're really enforcing now. I think Google and Facebook especially and then probably Twitter to some degree are really starting to feel the scrutiny now after years and years of not. Yes. Yes, indeed. So, uh, so, so that's what's going on over there. Meanwhile, on this side of the pond, uh, we are seeing some legislative movement as well. A bipartisan pair of U.S. senators, uh, Democrat Mark Warner and Republican Deb Fisher. Wait, wait, hold on a second. What was that word you used again? Bipartisan. What you is never that? hear it anymore. I never hear. I, I forgot what it means. Yeah, it means somebody from this party and somebody from the other party get together and they work that's together. That's just crazy talk. Yes. Crazy talk. Yes, and and they create something together wow. from both sides of the aisle. Wow. So, uh, Mark. Warner and Dev Fisher have introduced a bill uh, the past week to ban social media companies from tricking consumers into giving up their personal data. This bill uh, aims to ban companies like Facebook and Twitter uh, from you know sort of throwing up those vague or misleading dialogue boxes that kind of say a bunch of stuff and it convinces people that it's okay to click okay, but you're actually you know agreeing to share your messages, contacts, location information. Another personal data with the company because it's very much like a sleight of hand, you know, kind oh, of yeah. drive. Not cool. So, so they're saying, you not know, that cool. this is not good. And so they're submitting a bill that would outlaw that. Uh, the bill would also ban platforms with more than 100 million monthly active users from designing addicting games or other websites for children under the age of 13. So since, yeah, since you have some of those, yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, oh, please. Yeah. They're, they're very, very, very addicted. You want to know what the easiest way to get a teenager yelling at you? Take the screen away? No. Even worse. Refuse to pay for the in-app purchases? No. Put on that iOS free time. Ooh. Set a restriction for certain times. Uh-huh. Wow. It's like a volcano going off. Oh, wow. So when the meter runs out, there there is no iPad love? No, no iPad love. My kid was pushing four to six hours on her phone a day. Oh, wow. And were you using that Screen Time app to, mm-hmm. to monitor the yep. usage there? Yes, indeed. Shut it down. So, so you have uh, perhaps put her on a data diet? Yes, I have put her on a data diet. Oh, wow. And we just completely, like, just uh-huh. with the boy, no, yeah. nothing. Not even close, pal. Mm-hmm. Not even close. We've had to put passwords on the... Apple TV, the whole nine yards. So, you know, there's something to be said about this whole addiction thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what the the, the, uh, senators are doing there. Over in the House of Representatives, uh, the House Judiciary Committee 
live-streamed a hearing on hate crimes, uh, and YouTube had to disable all the comments on the videos because trolls were posting too many hateful, vile remarks. Oh, really? So That's nice. a little meta, but do yeah, you, yeah, yeah that, so, so that, that's um, what was going on there. A uh, Google spokesperson said, hate speech has no place on YouTube, and said we're uh, invested heavily in teams and technology dedicated to removing hateful comments and videos, and we take action on them when they are flagged by our users. When they are flagged by their users is... Probably a little problematic. You yeah. should, you know, get rid of them before the users uh-huh. uh, get around to complaining. They're sort of like, uh, you know, we can't do anything unless somebody tells us. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. No, be a little more proactive yeah. there. Um, but yeah, just the, the irony of this hate speech committee's uh, live stream getting sandbagged by trolls and comment. Well, I mean, you never read the YouTube comments anyway because you should uh, you have more read, respect for yourself. You don't read comments at all. Don't. Yeah. I mean, don't do it. Have you ever read? Do you read your comments on your stories? Uh, not really. Yeah. I mean, I, early on, don't read comments. People are going to say what they're going to say. and Early on, yeah. In the, in the dawn of putting comments on stories online, yeah. yeah, journalists used to dive in there, but now it's a cesspool. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's like a, they're flinging poo at each other is what's yeah. going on. Yeah, and a lot of times it's not even about your story. It's no, absolutely not. people fighting with each other. And it's like somebody comes in with a completely random, like, straw man argument and it's like oh please who's got time for this crap yeah no one so uh so, so yeah that, not, not not so much for the house judiciary committee although i i guess the committee itself had some fireworks and some some highly partisan yes. uh, sparks but uh we'll, we'll leave that part you know yeah. we're, we're just gonna talk about these that's for another part. podcast yes um moving on robots are robots. increasingly showing up in walmart and just not on the toy shelves now last year walmart began to put a few uh Basic robots in there to yeah. help, you know, tidy things up. Um, and then that went okay, and then people didn't seem to freak out. Uh, so they have upped the order and are putting even more uh, robots. The company recently announced it was adding 1,500 more autonomous floor cleaning robots to help keep those merchandise aisles scrubbed and polished. Uh, and then, um, and then obviously in the brick and mortar stores. Uh, and then to keep tabs on its inventory, they're also putting 300 more. Auto S rolling shelf scanners that zoom up and down the aisles and see how much stock is back there. And then they've also got uh, 1,200 fast unloader devices, which I guess is this thing that screens boxes coming off the trucks. Right. And uh, uses it to scan and sort items. Uh, and then because everything's uh, sort of barcoded, all of this data about where all the inventory is and, and what's happening with it is all shared on the Walmart employee computer network so they know where all the stuff's at. Now, Walmart says these robots will help free up its sales associates to spend more time helping customers. So yeah. instead of somebody mopping the floor, <laughs> if somebody can't find the frozen waffles in the giant Supercenter grocery uh, store, maybe the associate seriously, will help them. Really? Who That's what actually saying? buys that? They're yeah. going to get rid of them. I, mean, I think they've already kind of gotten rid of some of the greeters. Yes. I feel like they used to, to hire people to greet. greet. Yeah, I think, um, It's just insulting. You know, stuff like that is insulting. But yeah. you know what? I digress. Yeah. So, so anyway, that was Walmart's statement. And they say, no, no, we're not getting rid of jobs. We're just yeah, going to make right. the robots do the boring stuff. And sure. and, um, and then I guess they still are going to need humans to uh, gather and load orders made online. Like if you order something online at Walmart, uh, somebody will go and pick your order for you. And then they have this giant big vending machine thing called the pickup tower that the human puts that in there. But then if you've ordered this online, you're just driving by Walmart. You can just go in your pickup tower and get your thing and go. Hmm. Um, so, so they still need humans for that part. Um, Who's going to? Who's going to charge up the robots? Probably humans too. Yeah. You know, they got to okay. stick them in their little little battery docks or whatever. And, and 
robots fall apart too. So, yeah. or you know, they could go rogue and start cleaning other things besides uh, the floor. See, see, I was not going there. I wasn't going there. I was trying to be gentle. Yes, you know, I'm you just were gonna, trying. I'm, I'm spitballing here. You know, Sp- we did the the. Yes, you are so mean. Sorry, sorry. Let's move on. Yes, please. Amazon's Alexa, you like her. I do. Um, Moving beyond the quick five-minute news summaries uh, to more long-form programming from uh, several major news organizations. Uh, For Alexa owners, uh, this is just here in the United States for now. Uh, But when you say, you know, tell me the news or read me the news, whatever Mm -hmm. you say to get her to pop up with what was formerly the five-minute NPR summary or whatever. yes, yes. Uh, you'll get more substantive reportings on multiple stories uh, where they'll basically just kind of link them all together. This will be coming from Bloomberg, CNBC, CNN, Fox News, Newsy, and NPR uh, so far. And I think this could be, depending on the outlet, audio or video news if you have one of those Alexas with the screen uh, or the uh, the Echo thing with the screen. Yeah. Um, and you do have the option to uh, skip some stories if you don't really care about, you know, whatever it's, it's going on about. You can say skip story and, and move on to gotcha. more news. But gotcha. but more than just your little quick hit. Uh, yeah, a lot of news nice. organizations diving in there. I'm, I'm working for a large uh, metropolitan news organization myself yes. doing Alexa content. So. Yes. So, so it's voices a whole new way. And, and the apps have, have done this for a while. If you go to like a the NBC News app or whatever, right. normally when you watch – like the evening newscasts, it's it's five or six the little four minute stories stitched together, and the anchor comes in and sort of introduces them. You can right. go to the app and just watch all of the stories straight down, and without the anchor, yeah, without the anchor, and you still get the same stuff. And if you if you don't care about whatever they're talking about, the weather for some part of the country you don't care about, so nice, you can jump just, over that. So that, that and poor, Reuters TV does the same that thing. Poor too. struggling anchor, yes, just you know, and all of a sudden you not knock him right out of a job like he's a Walmart greeter. Yeah, well, you unbelievable. Know. Well, Just maybe get a job, you know, <laughs> still on the pickup tower. Um, well, the, you know, the, the wow. anchors will still have, you know, they got presidential debates and other things. Coming oh, yeah, that's they'll, true. they'll be okay for they'll, a while. They'll be busy, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, so that's one Alexa story. But speaking of Alexa, mm. Bloomberg has a piece out now describing how Amazon employees review audio clips collected uh, from people using their Alexa devices in real time. Uh, this eavesdropping is said to help improve the digital assistant software uh, with its response and uh, dealing with uh, human interaction, uh, the voice recordings are captured in the homes and offices of Echo users uh, running the, Am- the Alexa software. Uh, and then workers in remote Amazon locations are said to re- review as many as a thousand clips a day. And the recordings are transcribed, annotated, and then fed back into the software uh, as part of a a plan to kind of make Alexa better understand uh and respond to human speech, um, but again, privacy concerns. Uh, yeah, well, all you're going to get from me is uh, from my house are like, is the voice of a squeaky eight year old asking yeah. for Star Wars jokes? Okay, that's so. pretty much the bulk of what they're going to get. Okay, so. I hope their transcription services uh, yeah is ready for that. Yeah, so, so uh, other people, depending on what they've uh, ordered Alexa to do, may may have more yeah. concern. But uh, th- this was something that kind of uh, Bloomberg was like, "Hell, oh, you know, this is what." And I, it's probably buried deep in the contract if you use an but, Echo with Alexa on it. But, but people, just you got a device that's always listening. Yeah, I mean that's the whole point. You paid for this device. Yeah. to be always listening. You have to expect. That is always going to that be listening. That it's always going to be listening. Yeah. And somebody is listening to the listening files yeah. that have been recorded. I don't know what I'm saying, but you get it. Yeah, you yeah, get I, I get what you mean. Yeah. So, so, so that's that. Um, moving on to Facebook. Uh, yeah. Remember they introduced that watch party thing, uh, I guess it was last fall, 
which was designed to let friends view and comment uh, on video in real time I'm together. I'm sure it's taken off like a rocket. Well, well actually it is, uh, but probably not the way Facebook intended. Uh-oh. It's also proved popular with pirates, uh, video pirates, not, really? you know, our matey uh, pirates. <laughs> hey, they could have a peg leg. Yeah, that's true. They, they, they could, but uh, the, um, the, the piracy folks have figured out how to- Time out. Time out. Let me guess. They actually record stuff and then stream it on this watch party. Basically, yes. Nice! Yes, they, they are blowing by copyright law once again and hosting uh, their own movie marathons and TV binge-watching parties. That's old news. They, they used to do that with FaceTime. Yeah. And with Skype. Yeah, they still do platform. it. Yeah, yeah and I guess uh, they have moved on to the social network now. Um, wow. And there are watch party pages where they say, hey, we're going to binge this show, or hey, we've got all of these downloads of this. And I guess Facebook wasn't noticing, and then I think Business Insider or somebody wrote a story about that and went to Facebook for comment saying, hey, you know, you got these bootleg watch parties happening here, and Facebook um, said, oh, and took down all the pages mentioned in the story. Yeah. Banhammer. So maybe maybe they're going to uh, keep an eye, but yeah, yeah you know, because they're always so good with the copyright infringement, like if you upload a quick video clip and you actually have like a little music attached to it, right. no, you can't, that track is on the but... Uh, watch party, not so much. Yeah, not, not so much. So, so perhaps they're going to work on that. Uh, so everyone's going back to FaceTime, I guess. Yeah, but uh, also in Facebook news, the venerable Associated Press has announced that it will be expanding its English... Also in Facebook news, the venerable Associated Press oh, uh, has announced that it will be expanding its English language efforts to shoot down misleading and genuine fake news uh, from the platform... Uh, it's going to do English and Spanish now. Oh, so it'll be fact-checking Spanish language content uh, on the site as well. The fact verification process, which I guess began back in 2016 when they first started looking into the, the English fake news, uh, does include screening of text, photos, and videos, but now in Espanol. Espanol! Yes. So, so Go on! Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I just, Women's World think, Cup's coming this summer. Oh, that's right. I don't know. Very true. Very true. Yeah. So um, the Opera browser, which is a very nice browser it that I don't think nice a browser. lot of people use. I really enjoy it, but it, they they I, they kind of went through this phase where it was like totally glomming up system resources. And I mean, I was like, ah, I got to get rid of you. Yeah. Got to get rid of you. Yeah, well, well, they're hoping to get you back, um, and uh, they have, um, I guess, a Zippy Engine in there and Fenna Features. I think one of the first ones that had Speed Dial. Yeah, yeah and, they sure did. And, and they were always, but to your point, uh, slurped down a lot of resources. Yes. But Opera version 60 has just rolled out. Uh, it's codenamed Reborn 3. Um, and uh, this latest version of the browser includes borderless design. Hmm. So they're getting all fancy there, uh, kicking the bezels to the curb. Yep. Uh, the next generation Web 3.0 technology and a crypto wallet uh, to store your digital currency and identification in. Uh, they also offer a built-in VPN and ad blocker. So, so some nice features here. I did not nice. uh, read any benchmarks on the performance hits, but... Hopefully, if they're doing all this stuff, it's probably going to be a little more than, than some of your basic browsers. But they're really trying to get ahead of where all of the – like the you know, Microsoft's building on top of Chrome and Google's doing what right. Google does and Apple Safari. I guess we'll see the next version of that when they unveil Mac OS at right. Worldwide Developers right. Conference in June. But, but Opera's out there, you know. They're still swinging. Yeah, still swinging. And finally. And finally. 
Could Apple be on the verge of killing off its 18-year-old's iTunes multimedia jukebox software? Some people have been wishing for it to die for about a decade. Um, I completely forgot about it. Yes, uh, and if you think about it, iTunes was revealed at the Macworld Expo in January of 2001. Um, And over the years, I mean, for a while it had a a very popular uh, user base when it was paired with uh, when iPods went to Windows and, and like 2003, right. I think, was probably like kind of peak iTunes because it was relatively unencumbered. It was just doing music. Yeah, people yeah. were making playlists. You'd see people bring laptops to the wedding DJ. And That's right. So it was very popular there for a while. Uh, but then the industry matured. iTunes has grown crufty. Uh, I would say bloated and unfocused oh, over yeah. the years. Uh, this is a desktop version uh, we're talking about. Because it handles everything from home rip CDs to videos to podcasts to audiobooks yeah, and where do you find stuff in the program and my iPod's plugged in because I still have an iPod and right. where do I find it? Right. So – and the user interface went from being sort of silvery and colorful to then they went to this whole monochrome thing and and it's still kind of an unappealing, very tired looking it is interface. Very, absolutely. So – but it's still been showing up every year. But uh, multiple Apple Watcher blogs are reporting that the company may be getting ready to replace iTunes – with separate apps for podcasts, music, books, and TV in the next version of Mac OS, kind of like how they do now on iOS. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, so so this could be, I mean, the program, 18 years for a long sort of non-business productivity software is, is pretty good yeah. and the whims of the public, but... So I will still be able to upload music, right? Yeah, the, the, they'll have some... iPod? Yeah, they'll, they'll have some... I think if they have a separate music app, that'll probably be, hey, get the Apple streaming service, and oh, yeah, you can take your local here. You know I'm but, paying for that, right? I didn't know that you, uh, you went back on the uh, the I'm, Apple stream. I'm, yeah, I'm paying for that and Spotify. Ooh, now why, why both? Uh, because I actually prefer... Because of the way my... I'm now completely in the Apple ecosystem for music and stuff, uh-huh. so for me, I prefer it, but the kids... They like the Spotify. They're Spotify. They like the Spotify, and they don't want to know from. I mean, they don't want to. They're not into hip hop. Yeah, it's like so they don't want to know from Apple. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you got to give the little people what they want. This is true. Yeah. This is true. So they're getting my money. All right. Well, well, if iTunes does uh, indeed um, go quietly into the night uh, by WWDC, I guess we'll have to have a poor one out for it. It, it no, was a very too. useful program for the it years. Was. It was. Wasn't it based on jukebox software? Yeah, it was based on I think Casting Green Sound Jam MP yes, from right. the nineties. Yes. But uh, the version, I think it was 4.9 when they first introduced podcasts in there in the right. first uh, era of podcasts. Correct. was very instrumental in getting people into the podcast thing early. I know previous shows we have done uh, were, were part of that. Oh, yeah. Um, but it simplified the whole thing for people who didn't really get the concept of subscribing to a show and, and deleting old episodes and getting it in on my traveling device and listening remotely and all that. And so they did give the podcast industry a big boost and they are still are to some degree. I know they've got uh, – podcast analytics and things now that, that people can use. They're still but, the top dog. There's no but, question. Um, but yeah, but back, back in the day, it, it was the thing. And then yeah. the streaming services kind of came in and people stopped ripping. Because iTunes was really great when you were ripping your own software and managing I love, I still love doing a that. small music collection. And then they kind of put in videos and movies and it started mm. to get a little chunky with menus and flyouts and stuff. Yeah, but, pretty much. But, but I still love ripping a CD. You know, I something... Love it. You just walked in the little progress bar, yeah, downloading the album art cover. And yes, thinking, this used cool. to be an album with 12 inches, and now it's yeah. You know, it's, oh, I love doing that stuff. Yeah, well, hopefully you Don't can still. Don't take that away from me. 
Yeah. Apple, Hopefully please. they're not Google and they take it away. Oh, God. But for anyone out there who wants to know more about all the things we talked about in this week's uh, section of the news, you can find it at... PopTickJam.com. Up next, let's talk about photo albums. photos. Remember yes. back in the day, we had a standalone camera, and we throw them on the computer, and we would arrange our albums that way, and everything kind of stayed there. But now it's like your smartphone is your camera, as well as your photo album holder, your organizer, and your plastic sleeve of digital wallet photos all rolled into one. And your viewer, you know, like when you yeah. see the, the, the slides and all that yeah. stuff. So if this was a video or a movie, this would be where the screen would go wavy? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, you know, now, back in the day, yeah, exactly. on the desktop dinosaurs, nice. and now everything is totally mobile on the smartphone. You can edit your HDR shots right there on your yeah. phone and post them to... I love that. Yes, yeah, so, so all of this, so our phones have really become just pocket photo albums, and I looked Correct. on mine the other day because if you've even if you just got a smartphone back in... I know they, they sort of existed in some form before, but Apple's... June 29, 2007, when they released the iPhone, that's right. probably the start of the modern flat glass smartphone era. Android was so. along not long after, but so so that what is that? 12 years of smartphone ownership. Yep. And we had camera phones and stuff before that, but the pictures are crap, so we're not going to talk about them. So, modern smartphone ownership, yep. people could conceivably have a dozen years worth of photos if they have regularly upgraded and transferred their photo libraries or they've got them all on iCloud and they're all streaming. So you could have thousands and thousands of photos on your phone. And and not really know know how to find them. Like if you ever look, I was on vacation like six years ago here in France, and let me show you this great picture. And then you can't find it. Like you're paging and paging. Uh, and me, I don't use my phone all that much. Occasionally, I'll post on Instagram and stuff like that. I've got forty five hundred photos on my phone. Yeah, they're so easy to stack up. Yeah. And, and sometimes, like if I'm stuck on a train, I'll use the time to delete dud shots. But a lot of it's like I want to keep this. But finding stuff is just kind of a pain it because a you've pain. got so much and it's a small screen. I wish somebody had written a story about how to make it easier to find or apps that can help us do that. I think someone did. Who? Me. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so this is yes. uh, a piece for the Tech Tip column uh, in uh, the New York Times. I've heard and, of it. And we're looking at um, basically your default apps. So Google Photos, which is what Google would like you to use on your Android device. You don't have to, but you can. Very easy to integrate with all the other Google services. Uh, they also make a version of it for iOS for rogues who don't want to deal with <laughs> Apple's Photos app. And, I, then, and I'm, I, I hate that app. Yeah, and, and wow. Apple's Photos for iOS, and they also have the, the macOS version, but we're going to talk about the iOS one. Yes, so, yes. so they've got their mobile one for, for uh, iPhone, iPod Touch, and iPad. Um, so you've got these two basic apps, Apple's Photos and Google Photos. Okay. So we're just going to limit it to these because that's what probably the bulk of people use. Mono a mano? Yeah, yeah. There we go. So you start going through there and say, well, here's all of these photos. And then you look and you look a little bit more. And the phone has actually been organizing your photos for you. Get out. With certain, uh, well, A, don't change any of the default settings. Right. But both of them have the face recognition stuff now. Oh, yeah. So even though it hasn't named your people, if you tap into the albums area on either program and then just look at the the people and Android calls it people and pets, but uh, Apple just calls it um, people, you see like, 
all of these clumps of photos of the same person all on like their little mini albums and to say, hey, do you want to name these people? Um, because it's gone through and it's, it's used some face recognition software to- You're making me dig out my phone now because yeah. you're freaking me out. Yeah. And sometimes, uh, depending on the app, and I think Microsoft's Photos app does this, uh, they will look at your contact photos and try to suggest names for, for people. But if you have a good number of photos of certain people on there- and the software has had time to quietly look at it overnight when you're plugged in charging and say, hey, look, here's these 45 pictures of this one woman. Is it your wife? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me into trouble now. Maybe not that accusatory, but, you yes. know, it could say, hey, here we found this this person that, that looks the same. Do you want to name this photo album? And then you can just go here and anytime you need a picture of this person, here's a bunch to choose from, which could be good if you're making a graduation slideshow or some kind of family. Obviously, okay. I don't take pictures of too many people. Because your photo out, your people. I've got two people, and one of those people is me. All right, so but but you but you do have a people that you did I not do. make yourself. Like I the did phone not. Did that's that right. Itself. The phone did that myself yeah. itself. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, the Google one uh, does the same thing. Yeah. So you've got this people album, and it invites you to say, "Hey, do you want to name this?" You, there are controls in there where you can say, "I don't want an album of this person. I hate this person. I don't know why I have pictures of them." So you can delete them entirely. Gotcha. Or in occasion when the algorithm trips up and it puts somebody in this person's album that's not that person, how dare they read them out? You yes. know, could be a problem with twins or something. <laughs> yes, very true. So, so you've got this this people album is one place to look, and and again um, on either app, just tap the albums tab, and you'll see all of these little pre-made albums that the software has done for you. Right. People and pets are just people is one of those albums. And uh, it generally works unless I know in Android there's a tool you can turn off the face grouping, as they called it, to make it not do that. But I think the default is to, to group faces. Oh, yeah. So, so there's, there's that as a way of finding if you're looking for a particular person. And it, once you go through and name them, you can also say, show me all photos of Susie. And if you name Susie, then it'll pull up all the ones that, that she's tagged with. That's, so, that's I'm sorry. I, I, I find that a little creepy, but that's just Yeah, me. well, you know, it's your personal stuff. It um, is. Another thing, if you have had the location services uh, setting enabled on your phone when yeah. you were taking the pictures, uh, the uh, software will also find uh, pictures grouped by geotags. So right. all the, the photos you took in California or a particular city in California, as long as it's got that GPS coordinate stuff embedded in the photo file – these programs will automatically sort them. If you didn't have location services on or if you went old school and had a point and shoot and maybe you imported the photos into Google Photos and they're on your smartphone anyway, if they're untagged and you're like, I wish these photos were tagged because I really like the Places album and want to use it, there are controls in there where you can open the photo, click on the info box and apply a, a location setting manually. Mm. So, so you can do that if you really like this feature. Apple's uh, Photos app even has a little thing where it shows you a map of the world and little thumbnails of the photos where you took them. So very visual there. Nice. So Places is another option. Uh, if you, uh, I'm not going to look on my phone now for the yeah, Places. Where thing, have I been? Because that's going to creep me out. Yeah. Um, and again, it's you know it's just reading your GPS settings. Um, oh, now, uh, once you have kind of people and places happening in your album, yeah. you can use keyword search uh, to find, uh, again, you know, just type in there in the search box, you know, show me photos of San Francisco or show me photos of Death Valley. Yeah. Oaxaca, you know, wherever. Yeah. And it will round up all the photos. And you can even say, you know, show me photos of Mary Louisville. And then all of the pictures of that person in that city, in theory, should get rounded up. Interesting. So the keyword search can come in handy. There's also object recognition algorithm in these programs. And so even though it's not 100%, and Apple had a flap where it was categorizing um, topless selfies as brazier photos. Remember we talked about that a couple yeah. of years ago? Yeah. 
the object recognition sort of looks at the things in the picture and then tries to sort them accordingly. And Google's, I found, is a little more expansive and accurate with how it describes because it's like monuments, parks, fireworks. It's got barns, you know, like how many barn photos. I had some barn photos and I knew it was a barn. I've actually taken pictures of barns. They fascinate me. Barns are very soothing. They are. Especially when you get barn swallows. But the the software will make little mini albums. There's a, a things album you can look at on your albums page in Google Photos and you open it up and there's all these little squares of photos that it's sorted and you can use uh, these categories like, say, show me pictures of oceans. And it doesn't matter where you went, what ocean it was. If it senses there's a big body of water in the mm-hmm. background, it'll show you that photo in the search. So uh, useful groupings there. Um, yes. Apples is not – they call them categories and I didn't find apples to be as uh, precise in identifying stuff. And it also kept thinking my rabbit was a cat, which really makes her mad. Wow, um, yeah, I would get So it misidentifies small animals, but, you know, maybe maybe it was the angle. I don't know. It's the angle, yeah. It's like, it has no tail and big ears. It is not a cat. Um, but what anyway. kind of cats do they have? Yeah. Whew. So there's that. And then uh, there's these uh, groupings. Uh, we call them auto-magical, where oh. the software is kind of helping you out. And both uh, Google Assistant and Siri, you can also do voice searches for stuff. You know, hey, show me all the photos of Austin, Texas. You can tell it to do that if you, if you like the voice assistants. But these other groupings, the uh, programs kind of take upon themselves. Like Google Assistant will say, hey, you can start a self-updating album. And every time you put a picture of this kid on your phone, I'll automatically sort it in that kid's album. So they'll they offer to do some things for you. Some okay. people don't want it, but but it's easy if you have this this album is shared. And mm-hmm. so if you've got grandparents and they want to see every time you take a new picture of the grandchild, it'll automatically go in this album that you shared with them and they can see it. So And alarms will go off, klaxons will yeah, sound. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's that. Yeah. Apple is really into moments and memories and all of these <sighs> sort of artificially yeah. constructed. Like it senses you've taken a bunch of photos in a certain place or, or say it was like a, an afternoon hike or you went to Disney World it can see all of these photos taken at a certain time and place and maybe the same people and then groups them together mm-hmm. as little sort of mini albums, uh, either moments or memories, depending on how it went. They've also got uh, suggestions for photos you should share if they recognize the people in there. Mm. So so the assistant stuff uh, kind of gets in there too. But it all boils down to like if you have taken thousands and thousands of photos – yeah. On your phone and you have never bothered to sit there and like, I'm going to tap my way and make an album of all my vacations and put the associated pictures in here and so I can find stuff. You don't have to do that because the computer – or excuse me, the smartphone is kind of doing it for you already whether you realized it or not. Mm, true. Maybe it creeps you out because it is analyzing Everything pictures. creeps me out. That's you know true. that. Everything does. Maybe it's making you a little nervous, but it's just sitting there and it, it could be handy uh, again if, you know, you need all you – know, like. A series of 10 years of photos of a child for some sort of, you know, graduation thing could be. Oh, you don't have to go through the years and look for, you know, the, just look in your in your people album right. for this kid. So, so it's there and it does make the navigation and organization of photos on your phone easier. It does the creepy. heavy lifting for you. It does. So creepy but helpful, but yes. but maybe more on the helpful side, so especially if you got thousands and thousands of pictures. We need a Zazzle shirt. Creepy but helpful. I know, with yeah. a TM on it. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so, so that is what I found. I will post a link uh, to a story that describes all of these methods of where you can look uh, to find where your photos have been sorted and pre-grouped and uh, categorized on your smartphone. Mm. And you can find that link at poptechjam.com. Well, I guess we should roll out. I, I think we should. You know, I have to tell you this. It's been a couple of weeks since we did the show, 
my eight-year-old boy, soon to be nine, is has become a big fan of Pop Tech Jam. Really? Yeah. Yay, boom, boom. Yeah, he loves podcasts. Uh, he listens to a whole bunch of like kids-oriented podcasts, but he loves listening to our show. Oh, wow. Well, he gets to hear Papa, you know. He does. Talking about- yes, but he's more fascinated, obviously, by the sound effects at the very beginning. I see. He loves the, uh, the sound effects, but... He also wants to know when he can be on the show again. Well, I think you should just, whenever he can fit us into his busy schedule. Yes, his schedule. very busy schedule. I'm going to actually, remember, we, they did a, a game review yes, for us a while back. I'm going to have him maybe do another review. So uh, just, uh, yeah. Yeah, we just, would love uh, to have the Boomster back. Yeah, the Boomster, he loves the show. Interesting. We're big with kids, apparently. Yeah. So right. now we really can't use bad words. That's definitely. All right. Uh, we should thank the bros. Thank you, bros. Thank you, bros. Builtbybros.com. Build something with the bros if you think it, they will build it. Yes. And thank you, listeners. We missed you last week uh, yes. while we were out on spring break, but we're back now. We hope everyone is we having are. a fine spring, uh, hopefully yes. uh, heading into summer in fine form as well. But until next time, when we're back with more, I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. Let's go to Walmart. Yes. Yes.